everybody to the Fancy Firebox episode 28. Been a couple weeks. Uh, things happening, things, you know, going on, family and things of that nature. Uh, John won't be with us tonight. He'll be back next week. Uh, but we got the, the three-peat box going here today. Uh, Tony Jigsaw Cotillo, Jason Sullivan, Dan Green. A uh, lot of things to talk about. We're going to talk a little uh, MVPs and DFS for NBA, a little undervalued guys, which were a ton tonight. Uh, we could talk about that That kind of really, really are starting to step up, and those numbers are going to start to go up. Uh, we're talking a little MLB preview. We got a Nolan Arenado trade to talk about has a lot of fancy repercussions at that cardinals team i don't know cardinals or padres going to have a ton of offensive help out there uh and we're going to talk a little super bowl do a little super bowl lineup talk about who we who we'd start maybe who will be a little mvp for fantasy discussion but again it's been a great week uh not northeast because uh snow sucks jason you probably know all about that (laughs) oh yeah uh, yeah, I'm not used to that. It makes me want to move to Florida every time we get three inches of snow, let alone 13 uh, or more. I don't even know what we got. But let's get right into the NBA discussion because there has been a ton. One of the guys I even talked about today on my Fox Sports a Gambler fantasy hit was Stephen Curry. Now, last week I talked about Zion Williamson, a, a guy under $8,000 that just needs to be in your lineup. He's He's consistently 40 points every contest, and his number doesn't go up. Steph Curry, the same thing, and he's under 10 grand. You have guys like Dane and Giannis, 10,700. Steph is consistently at 96 and 9,700. <clears throat> Dropped 73 last night, and he's, his lowest game was 38. It's always 40 or 50. What are people looking at? I don't get it, but he is definitely going to be in my lineup every day. So, Jason, what's up, buddy? How you doing? What do you think? Who is, in your mind, your MVPs of the – I know Dan's going to have a ton of them, so I'll ask you first. <laughs> Who's your NBA MVPs for DFS? So, Steph's a great one, obviously. Uh, like you said, the pricing is the most confusing thing when it comes to Steph. It's just he's so consistent, especially with no clay. I mean, he's a monster this year. Yep. Um, my MVP, though, I'd say – 1A, 1B with Curry is Luka. It's just, I know that he's priced high. He's always priced high. But what guy gives you the floor that he gives you and also the ceiling at the same time? I feel like Luka could go out and score 80 in a given day. I mean, I think he did a few weeks ago. I had him in my lineup. He scored 80 points one day. Um, It's just his bad games are still in the high 40s. So I just love him, especially with that team. It doesn't matter if Porzingis plays or doesn't play, it seems like. That team isn't very good, and so Luca just absolutely dominates. I mean, I, I saw it today he had a good first half again, hit a buzzer beater at the end of the first half, and uh, it's he just he hits it so many different categories, and that's what I love about him. He does, he does, and and then that's why it, it bring you know it brought to me the Steph Curry factor because Luca, I mean, there's been times I've seen him at eleven thousand one hundred. I mean, huge, huge number. Now, again, he gives you the production, but it it really limits what you do with the rest of your lineup. And if you can drop eighteen hundred dollars less and get Steph and Curry or Steph Curry, whatever you want to call him, and you know you want to be professional or not, we'll just call him Steph. But uh, for 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 lack of argument, but if you can get sixty. 50 or even 45 for 94 to 9,500, even 9,700. I'm doing it every day of the week because, again, uh, listen, we'll talk about Fred Van Fleet later who dropped 73 the other night. Ridiculous to thought that. But guys like Steph Curry to me have to be one of your MVPs. So, Dan, 1A, 1B, 1C, 1D. I know you're going to go through them all. Who do you got? No, 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 no. (laughs) No, no, I I agree with Jason because every time I play a lineup, Luke Luke is always in – 
the lineup that, you know, either is right on my tail or ahead of me. Uh, the Joker is always a, a great play. These, these are guys that are priced high, but guys that produce. And I discussed a few shows ago that I love Steph Curry for exactly what you said, mainly because he's on a bad team. I yeah. really am starting to play, and that's what that's why Luca is so valuable. Because I'm getting killed the the occasions where I play um, players on a good team. Like LeBron killed me one game because he played like 22 minutes, and then I I you know I lost, you know I lost a lot of points. I think I had a the uh, the proverbial uh, snowflake that the oh, game I, I played LeBron recently. Yeah, the snowflake man. <laughs> but but <laughs> but but if you could put a lineup with like Steph Curry and Clint Capella together. Mm. Um, you're golden. I mean, Capella is someone, you know, maybe I'm jumping the, the gun, the category mm. a little bit, but that guy, who would have thought that he'd be a consistent 40 to 60 point guy? Um, you know, he was like a, a stiff that Atlantis signed, right? Yep. That Houston couldn't wait to get rid of. And we, and, and I remember Jason, and this is no knock on Jason. We were like, oh, Christian Woods is a, is a, such a better version of Capella. And, and he is, but Capella has really been a beast this year. Um, surprisingly, it's a, you know surprisingly so. So, I mean, those are the guys that stand out for me. I mean, obviously, the concern about someone like Joel Embiid, as great as he's been, you just get nervous about his minute restrictions. If he's going to at the last second take a game off, um, but again, I'm trying to target guys on bad teams. That's a good point. I mean, that's exactly what you want. Rich Jackson uh, says, you know, bad teams equal more minutes. Uh, Al checking in. What's up, Al? As always, our boy, he hate ratio sports, half court heat. Uh, but here's the thing. You, you, you mentioned these guys, and they're still that, you know, Clint Capella, I think, is getting up there. He's over 9,000 now uh, for a while, yeah. right, for a while. But there's also guys, not just, you know, MVPs because of their – you know, they, they are production based on their high value. There's also guys that are MVP because of product, uh, their production is based on low value uh, or value, you know, value wise, I should say. Guys like Malcolm Brogdon, uh, you know, 7,900, 7,500. This guy consistently 45 to 50. Uh, you know, one game he gets 38, next game he gets 47, and he gets 42. Between 40 and 50, I should say. And if you want to formulate your lineup based around guys like that, I, I, it's not a bad thing. Like last night, I, I got hurt a little bit. I had a bad beat. I, you know, I got the, it, it, like you said, Dan, the snowflake. I it, There's nothing more that that's worse than you open up that DraftKings app and you see three snowflakes. I'm like, I want to throw my phone across the wall, right? <laughs> like, come on, man, with the damn snowflakes, right? But Pascal Siakam, boom, kill me again, later. snowflake, right? Uh, Jalen Brown, snowflake. Like, come on, man, Jalen Brown, are you kidding me? You're playing Golden State. Like, what is going on? Like, I, you know, it's just, again, it, it's frustrating. But those guys are the guys you really have to seek out because, listen, it's it's a percentage, too. And, and that's the other thing. Like everybody wants to start James Harden, and yeah, that's great. I mean, listen, you got it, all you need to do is go through your standings, and you look and you see those top ten teams all have basically eighty percent of the same guys. It's those one or two guys that nobody, whether it be you know Garrison, uh, what's what's Garrison, uh, ha not Garrison Harris, I'll think of his name, uh, but got you know guys like Gary. Hey, what's that, Gary Harris? No, not Gary Harris. Uh, Garrison, 
Uh, I'm trying to think of the guy, but he's, you know, again, low value guy. Uh, you know, Xavier Tillman was a guy uh, for a little bit, and now all of a sudden his number. Look, say MSU, right? But his My number is getting up there. You know, but but they're guys that are like seven percent value percentage. I mean, it, it's so low. If you hit on those guys, that's what makes you solid. So guys like Brogdon are guys for me. Jason, are there any guys you, you know in your seven to eighty five hundred range that you think are, are undervalued and the guys that should be in your lineup all the time? You know what's funny too? First to piggyback off of what you just said about the snowflake thing, in football <laughs> you can kind of tolerate one snow like one guy gets you eight points, it's not gonna kill you, right? But right. basketball, it's like you get one, you can maybe get by, you get two snowflakes, you're done. Like three, you're definitely done. So it's it, it's frustrating when you see it. I completely agree with you. One or two bad games in NBA, you don't cash. So no. it's tough. Um, I seem to, for whatever reason, love the Utah Jazz lately in DFS. Um, Jordan Clarkson, he is always cheap, and he has yep. been really solid too. He's he consistently is a guy that just gets. He's never gonna like. He's not gonna score sixty in a game. But kind of what right. you're talking about that that thirty to forty to maybe forty five range. He's always there. Rudy Gobert is another one. He's a stat stuffer too. He's not going to put up a ton of points, but he's going to get you some blocks, rebounds, you know, maybe four or five assists. So I've been playing a ton of Utah, especially lately with Donovan Mitchell out. Um, I feel yeah. like that's where you got to – it goes back to the injury thing that we were talking about before. One get one key piece on any team gets injured, and it's huge. I mean, like Harden for, for Brooklyn has been out for the past couple of games, and look at how good Durant and uh, Irving have been. I mean, Ooh. it's just – you pick those injuries, and it's like you just, especially at superstars like those two guys, they're going to have sixty point games if Harden's out. So it's all about the injuries, I think. Still, it, it still is. It still is. And by the way, Garrison Matthews—that's who I'm thinking of uh, from the Washington Wizards. I mean, here's a guy who let's see, he was thirty six hundred last night. He was only thirty three hundred before. He gets you sixteen to twenty, and again. You know, when you're going to for the, the reason why guys like that are so important, uh, you know, and again, he's not a roller coaster guy. And I say that because he's not a guy that gives you 16 and he has a game of three and then he gives you seven. No, these are consistent guys that give you between 16 to 22 that you can get under four grand. And when you build your your lineup of guys like Paul George and Chris Paul and Luca and Giannis, you need these guys. Yeah, and it's all about matchups too. There's always that one game, Dan. I'll tell you, and I, I see now not been picking it correctly lately, but it's always that one game that is a huge score game, like with Sacramento and New Orleans the other night, where everybody's blowing up. Like right, it, you know, Charlotte's had a couple of those. Cleveland is notorious for games like that. Phoenix the other night, Chris Paul had a monster game. It, it's always if you can hit them right. It's just crazy when, when you look at it and see that they can score that amount of points. It's unbelievable, man. But Jason, Jason nailed it too. If you if you track the injury injury reports, like Guillermo Hernando Gomez is is a good value because Adams yep. is hurt right now. Um, even even I'm not a I don't like him that much, but Luke Kennard has given you three or four straight games in the upper twenties, and he's yep. valued around four thousand. Um, with Marcus Smart being hurt, you could go modestly with Jeff Teague at forty seven hundred, or even take a flyer on Carson Edwards in a really low three thousand range. So you just got to track the injuries and, and Tony, you know, I'm, I'm clearly relatively new to being into basketball uh, this year. I, I played around in the past, but 
you you would answer this more than any you can answer this more than anyone pre-covid nonsense did you ever see anything like this as far as tracking injuries before and and no. and right so so it's almost like so advantageous to get involved this year with DFS basketball because all you got to do is a little research and you could and you could uh, be ahead of the crowd you and, know, and it's funny. And real, fa- yeah, real fast, yeah, right. to, to how, how many times have you been killed by, you know, you, 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 you got it. You, you, you got, you're in the money and then all of a sudden the game goes in overtime oh. and then, <laughs> and then a couple players that are on your tail get garbage overtime points. I they just hate take, that. Yeah. That, that's another, that. that's a killer. <laughs> I did. I, it, it came to mind when you talked about those monster games, the high, high scoring games that overtime popped into my head. Nothing like that, man. You go from first to four hundred and thirty second with like, we're <laughs> like, wait, what the hell is that? Oh no, oh, yeah, I, I don't know what's worse. That or the, the, jo- the Joker. The Joker killed me that way. He he got went into oh. overtime. I'm like, oh, I'm done. I'm done. You just know it. You know yeah. you you got me in our league with Richard Holmes. I thought I was I was cleaning up. I'm number one. I fell to number three because Holmes and and, and RJ Barrett had a freaking turnover. A turnover like, to in, block in last, within 10 like, seconds. seconds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like what is that, man? Like, come on. But that's listen, that's how this game is played. But you made a good point about the injuries because this year it it is so advantageous to sit there and watch at least 20 minutes off the game time because it changes so much, uh, you know, and God, again, it's not just injuries too. It, it's because this is a condensed season. Uh, you know, people f- seem to forget that it still is a condensed season. It's not normal. And guys are going to get more time to rest than usual guys. Like, listen, there's also going to be guys. You have to look at the matchup, Jason, you'll know about this. You have to look at, is this going to be a blowout? Because it's going to be a blowout. I'm going to spend 10 grand on Joel Embiid. He's only going to play 27 minutes, right? Because they're going to blow them out. And then you're really screwed, right? So you really have to do, you know, it's like, I don't want a good defensive matchup. I don't want a blowout. So you have to just, you have to really pick that perfect game and grab about three, two to three players from that game. And if you hit on that, you're solid. Yeah, that's a great point. And, Kind of like what Dan was saying too, studying the rosters. Like it doesn't take that much time, but if no. you can learn the secondary options on these teams, like yeah, everybody's gonna know. Like you said, Harden, Durant, Kyrie, yeah. Embiid, these these stars, everybody knows them. But what happens if you know a different guy in the starting five is out, or what happens if Embiid misses a game? Who really benefits from that? Because it's not always a direct correlation to okay, Embiid's out. Whoever starts at center. That's not always the correlation. It could be Embiid's out, so Tobias Harris is a lot better when when Embiid's out, or you know Harden's out, so that directly impacts Durant pretty much like that. You got to know kind of the secondary options on these teams, and the more you study it, the more you kind of go over it, you just start to kind of realize in your head, okay, today Donovan Mitchell's out. Okay, well that means Jordan Clarkson's going to start for him. He's better, which then feeds off Joe Ingles is going to come in. He's you know he might get you 25, 30 points. It's like you kind of got to know those secondary options, and that's how I feel like you. You're, where the money's really made. It is. It, I mean, last night, perfect example. I mean, look, Aaron Gordon gets out. He's out four to six weeks, and Gary Clark starts. And again, Gary Clark, $3,300, got 15 points. I mean, every, like honestly, that's a huge deal, especially for a team who maybe had Giannis and Harden and, 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 and spent twenty five grand collectively on two guys. You throw a guy in for $3,300, it gets you 15. That's success. 
but you don't know that if you're not paying attention. Here's the thing. You could go to any, whether it be DraftKings, FanDuel, you go to any any place that's, that's supplying you with information. They're all going to give you the same guy, stud, value. That's fine. But don't go with that just simply because they state it. You you got to read in between those numbers. Just because they're telling you that doesn't mean it's absolutely going to come to fruition. You have to read inside those lines. Look at so many different elements. Go back, look at the history. Okay, if it's not a rookie, if we're talking, say it's Jimmy Butler against Jason Tatum, go back. And look at the five or six game history. See how Jimmy Butler's defended Jason Tatum. And, and think, you know what? Even though Jason Tatum's a good player, this might not be his night. Just like football. You know, where you look at guys that are going up against Jalen Ramsey. It's like, he's, even if he's not a stud, it's like, okay, I need to really look at this matchup. So you really got to go in, in depth with these things. And injuries are huge, but depth charts are tremendous. So, Dan, when we talk about depth charts, is there any guy that you've been leaning on? Uh, that that's been a depth guy over the last couple of weeks that probably uh, undervalued a lot. That's a good question. I mean, there's, there's the Joe Harris of the world, yep. the Shake Gilgis Alexander, who's who's he's another guy who just got hurt, and then you got to think about you know, do you play with Theo Maldon, you know, to yep. take a spot? So I mean, that's the but I love Shay. I love. I love Joe Harris. Joe Harris, I've mentioned before, has burned me, but he also has had some really good games as well. And 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 Jason mentioned um, uh, Jordan Clarkston has been a godsend for me at times. Um, So that that's those those are players that off the top of my head um, jump out at me. Um, I'm trying to think of guys that are like always my go to players in my lineup that I often use a lot. And yeah, it's well, funny. Yeah, I always, right. I always, I, it's funny. There's so many ways to go. It, like I'll do my research and let's say I, I, uh, I go with Edwards for, for example. So do I go, do I build low and I go, Oh my God, I got, I got a lot of money left. Now I can squeeze Luca in there. I can squeeze maybe um, Giannis in there now. And then I'm like, you know what? But the, the but those value guys, that's just, just too many $4,000 guys. I, I got to change it up. So yeah. then I start, stacking from high to low so you just you just gotta play and it's it goes back to the advice that i remember you you've used so many times talking to your boys you gotta do so many configurations of lineups now if you want to play like me sometimes too many lineups you play them all and then you know see what shakes out but if you really want to narrow down a great lineup you've just gotta you just gotta do your homework you gotta really find that um obscure player who is going to get minutes because of crazy injury situations? Um, Jason always talks about ownership, so you got to you got to follow that as well. You've got the obscure player that has not a lot of ownership, and he goes off. You're golden. If 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 you're um, the guys that usually have the fire symbols do their job. Well, that's the thing. You want you want a lot of fire symbols, uh, which yeah. you know I, I think we're going to work the DraftKings too because I think they stole ha- half of our logo with that fire symbol. But I, I will get to that another day. That's uh, funny. The heat ratio, but now nah, I'm just kidding. Uh, very uh, good did point. They patent that is what I want to know. Did they patent that? Because I did. But now nah, at the you know one of the guys again, Rich mentioned earlier about guys on bad teams get more. Kent Bazemore is another guy for me uh, that that is listen again. I mean this guy is on a bad team in Golden State, 
gets listen, he he only plays on you know 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes. But again, he's three thousand dollars, never moves off that number, and he gets you double digit fantasy <coughs> points. He's always getting double digit fantasy points. Uh, you know, it, it's it's crazy. If you look at it, his last 10 game, his last game, he had 22 points, right? Last 10 days at 13 and a half. For the year, he's 14 points per game, fantasy-wise, for three grand. There are the guys that you have to hit on. There are the guys. Uh, he's one of my favorites. Uh, Clarkson, I've had in a lot. He's one of my favorites. I'll tell you another guy. He's not a 3,000 guy, but Enos Canner has been unbelievable. Uh, you know, he has been unbelievable. He is consistently at 40 points, and he's only 7,000 all the time. So he's another guy at the center position that you could really, really give you uh, production uh, consistently. Uh, he doesn't budge off his numbers because he does so much. So, uh, you know, there's just a ton of MB of MVPs out there. It's just formulating your roster the right way. Again, it's not going to be great one day. It may be great the next. It's not always going to be great, but your time will be very well invested if you spend it wisely. I guarantee that you will see the time play out and your investment change based on the research that you do. Now, when we look at the big guys again and we look at, you know, the Damian Lillards and we look at the Giannis and the Lucas, you know, for me, I, you know, last night was I tried something different, and I want to get your guys' thoughts on this. So I, I was always on the impression I needed a $10,000 guy. And my buddy Sean Briggs mentioned it the other day. He's like, I can't get away from not having at least one guy at 10000 <laughs> right? And it is because if you pick that right 10000 it was hardened for, for months. I mean, for weeks. He consistently was giving you like 50 to 60 points. And Luke is another guy. So I did something a little different. I, I went with four guys that were in that seven to eight thousand dollar range. Uh, uh, one guy was I think Paul George was ninety three hundred, but guys that were over forty five points per game. And I was like, all right, let me get four guys in the lineup that are gonna give me forty to forty five average, and hope that one or two won't give me sixty. But it didn't work. Uh, they all gave me exactly like forty. <laughs> So I don't know, like your thoughts. Like, do you guys do one over the other, or you know, Jason? Do you always have a ten thousand dollar guy in your lineup, or do you kind of try to tinker with them from day to day? I typically always have one ten thousand dollar guy at least, just because I would say even a little bit lower, maybe like ninety seven hundred to you know whatever the highest number is. But I think kind of what you just said right there is like you always put that Harden in or that Luca in because. I don't know. I don't know about you, but I don't want to miss on my top guy. So oh. I just feel like, okay, I'm going to put Luca in. I'm going to, I'm guaranteeing I, I start with 50 points. It could go to 80. It could go 60, 70, depending on, you know, what kind of game he has. But I think it's just like a comfort factor. And that's the thing about DFS. They always like, you know, like the people that always win all the time always say you, I've heard so many say it in, in so many different sports too. If you're if your GPP lineup doesn't make you feel a little uncomfortable, like at least parts of it, you're not doing it right because you're not going to win one of these big tournaments unless you have a lineup that kind of, you know, makes you get the little rumbles in, the, in your stomach. Because, I mean, I do it in golf all the time, too. Same thing where it's like you have one or two guys in your lineup that you're like, oh, my God, if he hits, obviously this is going to be huge. But it kind of makes you a little bit, you know, nauseous when you look at your lineup and you're like, oh, my God, I got to count on these two guys. But that's it makes how you sense. win. It makes sense. It thought, you know, I think I was burned a couple times by the top guy. I spent all that money and it was like, for two nights in a row, he didn't give me that 50. He gave me like a 38. And, but but again, 
if you, I, I guess the other way to look at this is, and Dan, correct me if I'm wrong, but if you formulate your lineup correctly, using some of the theories that we presented about low value guys and guys that are consistent, even if you do pet, spend ten thousand seven hundred for Luka Doncic, and instead of sixty, he gives you forty, you should be able to come back from that if you do it right. It's just, I think I just wasn't doing it right for a while. <laughs> well, I, I kind of, it's funny you mentioned the strategy that I've tried too. In fact, my last lineup in, in our league was that strategy. I, I, I took um, Sabonis and Brogdon as my two highest priced guys and they both were mediocre. And I think Paul Millsap had the most points for me in my lineup, you know, cause, cause I, you know, again, he was a value play because of, you know, injuries and whatnot. So, but generally where I've been successful, I'll have like Luca, Paul George, I'll have um, Jokic, Zach Levine. Um, I my I think my best lineup I had I think Jeremy Grant when he qu- wasn't quite Jeremy Grant, and he and he's cooled off a bit. Um, I think the the Sixers guy actually put him in a little bit of a cold streak, but that Ben the, Simmons, the Ben Simmons, yeah. Effect. But I mean, I, one time I think one of my better lineups I think I had. George, Jeremy Grant, Jalen Brown, and 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 somebody else. I mean, I think I had two two really high priced guys, and and the guys I mentioned weren't quite there yet. But that was a that was a Friday night where I I played um, the Cole Anthony's of the world that gave me production in the three thousand dollar range because it, because I just did some homework and saw that a team was decimated with COVID and, and you had a start this player or that player so again I'm, I'm, no, I'm no i'm no genius I'm, I'm i don't get my knowledge from watching game after game my, my lifestyle and my viewership isn't 24 7 basketball i gotta watch yeah. hockey brother and fly uh, baby but but, but 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 i you know i i, I still watch plug. games and i do yeah. a lot of, i do it right right it's, thanks i teed that up for you thank you, you um no, but seriously, I I watch basketball, but I'm not a junkie, and I uh, do I do my research. I find that I get more satisfaction beating the basketball junkies by doing the obscure homework, and that's kind of what's happened in our Friday basketball leagues. You know, I'm doing pretty well with that, and I I have nowhere near your knowledge, but I can put it. I I can you give me. You give me axe throwing, and I'll be able to put a decent DFS lineup together because I'll do research. You know. Axe hey, throw. I have a question. DFS axe question throwing. Build- wow. Sorry. That's all good, Jack. Can I ask you guys a question about building lineups? So, when you obviously there's some guys that you have to hit on, right? You have to hit on it. If you take a guy that's ten thousand or more, you have to hit on that guy. But say you're. T- let's just talk about like the middle range. Are you looking for guys that are consistent that you know are going to give you say forty points a game? Or do you guys look for more of like the boomer bust type of play where a guy could get you 25, but he could get you 60? See, for me, I I, I like to feel good and comfortable. Uh, I'm not a big risk taker. I'd rather I'd rather get the guys like like I, I keep saying, but Zion Williamson to me is so consistent. Uh, even though I would have still drafted John Moran, we'll get into that later. But um, <laughs> I, I got to throw that in there because, again, I'm still a jaw guy. But, you know, when it comes to DFS, Zion is as consistent as they come. So I'd rather know 
I'm gonna pet. I'm gonna spend seventy nine hundred for Zion, and he's gonna give me forty no matter what. It's a lock, but he may give me fifty or sixty on a good night. Maybe he dumps the thirty, but those ten points to me aren't aren't really gonna affect me because I think I'll be able to make it up. But there are those guys that you talk about. With the one of the guys that that boned me last night was Siakam. Now Siakam was a guy who the the only reason why I went with Siakam last night is because the last two games he started to trend upwards. He was thirty seven and forty seven. I'm like, all right, this is going to be a good play for him. I think he could actually hit the fifty number tonight. But he's another guy that's been as low as twenty and twenty five. So you know, and he, and he burned me. So, again, I, I would much rather go consistency than boomer bust, just my opinion, depending on who my top guy is. I will say that. So, if I, it, you know, if I'm going to formulate my lineup around, say, my, I always say my big three. So, I'm, I'm going to get my big three, and they're going to be guys that are 45 points or higher, uh, and they're going to be around in the 9,000 range. Then I'll go with that boomer bust guy. I will. But if I'm going to go... With a guy who's ten thousand or higher, then I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure all the rest of my guys are consistent, just in case that ten thousand guy doesn't live up to expectations. What do you think, Dan? No, I I I I think the guys that I, uh, low eight thousand is that where you're going for, Jason? Some of them. I mean, yeah, yeah, like exactly. I would say, just, it, yeah, you know, I, yeah, like, like, six to eight. like Brandon Brandon Ingram type players fits yeah. fits that mold where it's he consistent. can. He, where he can he have a monster game, but he's going to consistently get you forty points. Now I know I know uh, Julius Randle is in the upper eights, but I, I I've been so impressed with the growth of his game. You know, you could say he's on now he is on a crack. Well, actually, the Knicks, you know, but his game has gotten so. so both those guys, a couple of years ago, what were your thoughts on Brandon Ingram and, Ju- and Julius Randle? Well, first of all. I, I love KU. I love Kansas. Um, so, you know, I was always, you know, Randall to me was like, well, Ju- wait, Ju- I'm thinking of, no, where Julius Randall? He's Kansas guy, right? Kentucky. 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 I'm sorry. You got your K's. Yeah, I got the K. I, I'm, I'm my bad. So, Both Lakers, though, right? Yes, they're true. Well, wait, there was, wait a minute. That Was it John Randall? John Randall was in Kansas. I mean, we're going back. Minnesota, like, Minnesota John Vikings. Randall's uh, Syracuse, I think, wasn't it? <laughs> so, I don't even know. There was a Randall. No, that's John Wallace. John Kansas. Wallace. Oh, John. that's John Wallace. You're right. Yeah, there's a Randall. I think it was John Randall. I, I, I'd have to go back. Again, these are like, I'm talking Roy Williams, Kansas days. Like, like back in the day. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, um, but now, nah, listen, anybody who comes out of Kentucky is always going to be a quality player. It's just, it, it's in their culture. It's just who they are. Uh, But. Brandon Ingram, I didn't think he'd be the player that he is. Uh, I just, I didn't like his mold, his body type. I just, I was like, eh, you know what I mean? But, but he's actually turned into a really nice player. Uh, and again, I think that has to do with coaching. Uh, you know, opportunity it, it, and coaching. Right. Oppor- yep. Opportunity and coaching. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I always thought Ingram was, was going to be okay. But I honestly thought Randall was going to be the better player because uh, I just thought he was built more for the stock, you know, for for the, the the down and low pound that he's doing right now for the Knicks. Does he give you any? I I, I already know the answer. Does he give you any Zach Randolph thoughts? Oh, Jason, Michigan yeah. State, same, same body type for sure. Yeah, both bangers. Yeah, I, I think Randall's much better with the ball, you know, ball handling skill wise, but. What I think about guy. Randall? I love is, I love Randolph. Is he is he the best player on a bad team? 
right? You know, because I think about that. Like, if you took him off the Knicks and put him on, I don't know, the Lakers or put him mm-hmm. on Portland, would he be the same player? I don't think he would. I, but I think I, I he wouldn't because he's got complimentary pieces now that are, that are sharing the ball. But you can just tell that guy has a confidence level that he never had before. He's got the aura about him. He's got the he he knows he's good. I I, I don't think he had that feeling in in with Los Angeles. So to your point, being on a bad team and being the top dog on a bad team, I think has just given him confidence. I would I I think he would thrive on any team to be honest with you. Not obviously not putting up monster numbers because again, you you gotta you gotta share the ball to some True. extent. But he 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 exudes confidence, so I I think he would be fine. Like it's obviously almost like that. Michael Carter Williams when he won Rookie of the Year, you knew he was garbage. You knew he was garbage. He was I'm just on a. He was you, just, I listen. You knew he was garbage on a bad team because he got a lot of minutes on just a horrific team. And, and and now he's just you know he's on everyone's he's been on everyone's roster since you know this is true this is true 100%. it's almost like Kevin Love back in the day when he was on mm. Minnesota he was a monster I mean I didn't play as much fantasy back then but he was a beast when he was on Minnesota he was you know twenty eight and twelve kind of guy and then he goes to the Cavs and it's like he was definitely the third fiddle now it's like he, yeah I mean, but he's he, paid like he's, he's he gets old paid now like but a well yeah he was a stud he was a stud then at, in on Minnesota he was a stud Right, but, but, but he, yeah, he gets paid like he's a stud now, and he's yeah, I mean, he's well, good, but he's not a yeah. superstar. You get killed in the back end when you sign someone early. That's that's the problem on every in every sport. Um, you listen to LeBron. Oh, that's yeah, true. well then they're they're special people then. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say talk different about ca- different man. category, different category. One hundred percent. Now look, we you know we got some good company here on this show because you know let, let let's just do a little recap. Of the 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 Heat Radio Sports DFS crossover league, that and I'm going to throw this out there too for some of these deadbeats, okay, that got invited to this league that don't like <laughs> to show up, okay. I'm just going to start to kick you out, okay, because here's the deal, man. You know, we have 34 people that are signed up in this league, and I'm lucky if I get. 14 people to put a lineup in every week, which is ridiculous. Uh, I don't understand. If you, if, you, if you don't want to play, that's fine. Let me know so I can get your ass out of there and get somebody who wants to play. Uh, I'll, you know? I'll inspire you. Try to beat me. Well, here, there you go. And, and this is what I'm talking about because I'm looking at the leaderboard right now, and all three of us are in the top 10, but only one guy is in the top three, and that's Mr. Dan Green, and, and who's placed three times this year already okay in, in four contests Dan first Green's twice, four first contests twice. And, right and placed three times so that's pretty impressive uh you know i've placed once uh jason you gotta get on the ball brother you gotta you gotta play for one of these things jason's trying, boss dude. is my jason's boss is my nemesis yes yes exactly and that's the that's the thing mr uh mr chill 1976 Okay, he, he's placed three out of four, and he's the number one guy. He's has 122 points, but Dan's only one point behind him for the, for the who's earned who's earned the most. Though I'm curious, what's up? Who's earned the most? I'm curious. That that would be Mister Chill. No, that would be Mister Dan Green. Mister Dan Green earned the most at 7245. Uh, Mister Chill is 6592. Mr. Chill, let me just talk about Mr. Chill Mr. for a second. Chill. He's, he's like, 
he's like that guy that you know we all we all got a buddy like him like you know that guy that's good at everything and it kind of pisses you off that's that's mr craig hill like uh, he, you invite him to play softball on your team and he's the best guy there he tells you oh yeah when i was in high school i was in a dunk contest and i want to get shane battier i'm like what the shane battier that's what he told me he's like i i went i was in the michigan high school dunk contest and shane battier won it i'm like what that was a uh, part-time porn star you know yeah, Jeez. back in the day, he looks like freaking Paul Walker. Makes me sick. Wow, really? We we need to, we need to get we need to get in in some people's asses because like like Rich checks this his average thirteen to fourteen playing on Fridays. Uh, you know, listen, I, I want to get twenty, man. We, we, you know, the, the the goal is to get twenty. Here's the deal. You know, I don't make it public only because if I make it public, what happens is. You know, a bunch of people join, and then the guys actually want in there, can't get in. So I, I, I want to make sure it's scripted, but I want people that actually want to play. Uh, you know, so if you're out there and you're listening and you haven't joined, or if you did join and haven't played yet, that's a lot of people, okay? There's a lot of people that haven't even put a lineup in. Uh, 14 people have never even played one time. So if that's the case, what the hell are you doing? That's what I have to ask. But anyway... Uh, one thing's for sure. It's been fun. It gives me something to look forward to every Friday. Uh, one thing I'm going to be full transparent here. My other league, again, I was kicking ass in baseball, which we're going to talk about in a minute. I was doing good in football, placing top five every week in the, um, the DFS analyst league that I'm in with guys from Roto World and ESPN, uh, Mike Clay from ESPN's in it and in basketball. Oh, I'm embarrassed to even put out there what I've been doing, man. It's just my first four or five weeks have not been good. I haven't even sniffed the top 10. I don't know what's going on. So I need to I need to really make a comeback here. I feel it this Friday. I can feel it in my bones. But let's let's talk about baseball for a little bit. Oh, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about baseball now. And the reason why is because it's already coming out that mm-hmm. the season may be delayed. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. I, I, I wouldn't mind it. Wouldn't hate it. I mean, there's so much stuff that we're doing. Right now, I mean, look, Dan, Flyer and Ice, Jason, Fairway to Heaven. I mean, so many different aspects of sports. I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting crazy right now, right? It's like every day. So I wouldn't mind if we push baseball back just a little bit. But speaking of baseball, Nolan Arenado, and, and we have to touch on it. Uh, I know he's not Scott Rowland, Dan, but he is. Uh, uh, he, listen, <laughs> he's, he's, he's better than Scott Rowland for sure all around, but. Tony, Tony, and this is a joke because I, I said in my viewing lifetime, there's no better fielding third baseman than Scott Rowland. Now, it's obviously you can argue the point, but that's where this little joke's coming from. Scott Rowland doesn't have the complete game with the bat that Arenado has, but you, you know what's funny though? He, the greatest glow I've ever seen. Well, uh, and I'm funny. sticking to it. Well, well, it's funny about Rowland because. He always looked like he was so big. That bat looked like a toothpick up there. Like he was swinging. He, 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 he had, a, but he had, he did, he, he did use a small bat. It was crazy. Yeah, was crazy. But Nolan Arenado goes from you know the friendly confines of Coors Field uh, and goes to a pretty. It, it's not an advantageous park for hitters. Uh, it's in, in St. Louis. I mean, I'm not saying it's it's you know it's not easy. I'm not saying it's extremely difficult. But it, it's kind of like what Safeco Field used to be. It's not a it's not a, a field where just home runs fly out of the park like like Coors Field. So let me ask you guys this, and this is why I want to bring this up because when these big trades come, we have to analyze this as DFS guys. Do you think Jason that his numbers 
are in boast a little bit because of Coors Field. Or like so he was already, in my opinion, a top five pick. Uh but does the, does that have any movement based on now he's going to be playing in St. Louis instead of Colorado, where let's face it, St. Louis, he's going to have more lot of protection, but he's also not going to be the main focal point as much as he was in Colorado. What do you think? Yeah, that's a good point. You kind of just brought up both sides of that argument. I feel right. like he's he's probably not going to struggle because or his numbers won't take a huge dip because he's an incredibly complete baseball player. He hits for average. He hits for power. Like you said, maybe his we see a very slight dip in home runs, but his RBIs are probably going to go up because he's on a lot better team that's going to be contending for the playoffs. He was on, he was in a situation in Colorado where him and Story, I mean, who else in their lineup has scared him for the past eight years? Nobody. I mean, that that's not a very good team. And not and with an owner and GM that don't know how to you know manage and don't know how to set up a team for success, I think, I don't know, St. Louis is one of the better teams in the NL now. So I think his numbers will be just fine. And like I said, he hits – he's because he's so consistent. I mean, it's like, you know, 35 to 40 home runs a year, 110 to 120 RBIs, and he's going to hit you 310 – 300, 310 each year. So he's incredibly consistent. And I'm going to say there's two. Okay, I like Scott Rowland. I love Scott Rowland when he plays. <laughs> there's two third basemen in the game right now that are better fielders than him. Manny Machado and Arenado. Oh, I like that. Coming from a guy who I loves can, Scott I can, Rowland. I, can, I, can, I can't argue with the two great guys you mentioned. I just thought Scott Rowland was a flawless third baseman. And because he, like Tone mentioned, he was a big guy. He doesn't. He covered a lot of. He had a great range. So I, I, listen, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I can't argue Arenado. He's just so smooth. And Machado, you know, has the shortstop range also. So I can't argue it. Listen, you're pick, we're, we're 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 picking hairs here. Um, but the the, the ultimate reason we brought up Roland last night was because we had a whole feature on the mockery of the Hall of Fame, and Roland. To me, is borderline Hall of Famer because he's an eight gold glove winner, solid stick. No one ever confused him with using steroids, and he got clumped into that whole group of no one's getting in, and that's how he came up last night. So, well, here's a here's an interesting spark of conversation based on Nolan Arenado, and the reason why I ask this is because ESPN, you know, they released their their obviously their head to head top rankings for Major League Baseball for fantasy, and I always look at these because I'm always curious to see. Now, obviously, pitchers are involved here when we talk about their top 100, but Arenado was 17th right behind Manny Machado, and then when he got traded, they bumped him down to 33rd, which is very interesting to me. I mean, he dropped 15 spots. Because he's going to St. Louis, which I, again, I'm not trying to read much into that. I'm just saying that in their mind, I mean, they have him ranked as a seventh third baseman, which I think is ridiculous, in my opinion. Uh, you know, for, for them, I'll just t- tell you guys right now, it's Jose Ramirez one, Machado two, Devers three, Rendon, Rendon four, Bregman fifth, LeMahieu sixth, and Arenado at seventh. I, I, what do you got, Jason? What do you think, man? You think he deserves to be seventh in the third baseman category, 33rd overall? I mean, I would think he needs to be off at least in the top 20. Again, I know it's pitchers in there, too, is why I'm saying it. But what do you think? You think that's a little crazy? I think that's really crazy. I mean, 
Yeah, he played at Coors Field. Obviously, that's an advantage. Nobody's going to argue that one. But he, you also play 81 games away from Coors. I mean, that's yeah. a lot of a sample size. And the dude is so consistent. I mean, he's always been streaky. He, he's streaky whether it's at home or on the road. He'll have 20 games where he's the best hitter in the game, and then he'll have 20 games where he's not that good. He's always kind of done that. But I don't understand that drop at all. And I don't know. I've I've owned Jose Ramirez, and he's a good player, but I don't know how you put him at one in that category. Yeah. I really don't. It's just It doesn't make any sense to me. I, don't I think, think Arenado's either one or two in that category. I'd take him over any of those guys. Me too. Me too. I mean, Dan, what do you think? I, I'm I'm puzzled uh, here. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to think if I was the manager where I'd put him in my batting order. Do you do you have now if he's if he's behind Goldschmidt that hurts him right? Goldschmidt gets protected in the lineup and has because Arenado's behind him, and I think he's projected to bat fourth. Now, if they if they projected him as a number three hitter and Goldschmidt hitting fourth. I think that would help his value because now you can't pitch around him. True. So, so it's, it's, it's who's hitting behind. Um, Arenado is the key, you know, Dylan Carlson. Does he put the fear of God into pitchers? I don't think so. Dexter Fowler. So that, I think that's the issue is who's hitting behind him. You can pitch around him. No, it's it's true. It's it, it's going to be interesting because this is the kind of thing that happens, you know, when you start doing your projections and you get ready for the season because you have to kind of emulate what this manager is going to do, where he's going to hit and allow. That's why I've always said, I don't know, I, again, and this is no slight on hockey, Dan, because I, I don't play fantasy hockey, but I, I in my opinion, Major and League he, Baseball, what's that? And you shouldn't because it's so right, well, difficult. It's so damn difficult. Well, fantasy baseball to me is the most difficult fantasy sport to play. There is so much to look into. There's so much information. A again, that just a matter of what you just said, hitting third or fourth in a lineup can drop your draft Absolutely. 10 to 20 slots. And people don't and that's that's huge. And then the worst part is you you go into the season drafting the guy. Say you draft Arenado because it comes out he's gonna be the cleanup hitter. And all of a sudden in the first two weeks, not working. They put him the third. You're like, oh, like that just, I mean, right. it, it's tough. I mean, you really have to draft well uh, when, when it comes. And I still say, both of you guys tell me if I'm wrong. I don't care if you have five Nolan Arenados, you do not win in Major League Baseball, DFS, or uh, year-long fantasy if you do not have at least two stud pitchers. If not, you are, you. I'm sorry, you can't. You can't band-aid a pitching staff in fantasy. You have to have legit starters. And I'll tell you, there's been years where I've taken Clayton Kershaw, number one overall, uh, uh, only because, you know what? I'd rather get Kershaw at one. And if I'm playing in a, a traditional 10-man draft and I'm snaking back to 19 or 20, I'll draft the bat back then. That's going to give me decent production. But I want that number one pitcher. JC, you feel the same way? 100%. Absolutely 100%. So, like you said, it's just the pitchers get you points in in big bulks. It's like, you know, a pitch you can't a batter has a great week, they might put they might score you 40 points in the week, right? That's an awesome week for a hitter. A pitcher could get that in one game. So, yeah, I completely agree with you. That's kind of the same situation I ran into last year. I kind of was talking to you guys about the off the air, but I dominated in the regular season and then playoff time came and I had the most stacked lineup by far in my league, and I didn't have a. I had. No, I didn't even have an ace pitcher. I, I had a bunch of three or fours, and it's like come playoff time, I was just searching for. Anything. That that's that's what happens. 
Uh, uh oh, Jason got the the the, uh, the the frozen of death. The, the <laughs> oh, I'm back now. Uh, he's coming back. It, sort of. Oh, there he is. But got about what we say? Yeah. So, anyways, I was three. Yeah, I was just saying, like you know, right. I had I was going basically piecing together three and four starters on the team, like number three and four starters for their teams. It's like there's so much luxury to have that. Jacob DeGrom or somebody that you can count on every single time they pitch. So I completely agree with you. Hitting's great, but you want that those stud pitchers. You have to. You have to. And and Dan, one thing with the pitchers that you have to look at, you know, we talked in basketball about, you know, more minutes on bad teams, right? Pitching is the opposite. You don't yeah. want pitchers on bad teams. <laughs> no. like, like, that's the thing. I mean, you you look at this year. I'll tell you what. And tell me what you think, Dan. But I'm looking at right away. I'm looking at, at, at you, Darvish, playing on, on one of the best teams of baseball this year for the San Diego Padres that have really exceeded my expectations on what they were going to do and, and the moves they have made. A guy like that can easily, him obviously and Garrett Cole, but those right. two guys could be uh, number one, number two, respectively. No, I agree with you. And you could, I mean, you could make the argument of DeGrom, but you don't know really, like to your point, are the Mets going to take that next step and be an upper echelon team in the AL East? If exactly. not, if not, you got it. You got to go Darvish. You um, have to. I think. But I would. Really I good. would suspect that um, Degrom is probably ranked higher in a lot of in a lot of sites. But I would go Darvish because the Padres are on the uptick for sure. You know, the one thing with pitching is, and I keep waiting for this year, and I, I you know, wasn't so much last year, but I think it'll be this year. There's two guys I'm looking at. Number one, uh, you know, Clayton Kershaw, a, a, a guy who's unbelievable, but just can't stay healthy. The guy just no. can't stay healthy. When he's in there, he's great, but he just can't stay healthy. The other guy is when is the year that Max Scherzer just completely drops off and his back cracks, his arm falls off because he's 36 years old. He can't continue to dominate like he's been. So one of these years, somebody's going to overdraft Max Scherzer and it's really going to kick him in the ass. It really is. And it's always like, you know, do I want to, I know he's really good. He's on a good team. I really want to draft him, but I don't want to be that guy. But at the same time, I don't want to miss out on him either. For me personally, you know, I, I think I would, I would kind of miss out on him. Honestly, I think I would, I, I don't think I'm touching Max Scherzer this year. I, I don't know, Jason, what do you think? I completely agree with you on that. He's, I love Max Scherzer first off. He was a former Tiger. I absolutely love the guy, um, <laughs> but He's 30, like you said, 36 years old, thrown a, a crap ton of innings in the regular season and the postseason, and he has a weird violent delivery, which Kershaw's kind of in the same boat. He's got that weird motion where it's like he puts a lot of strain on his arm, and it's like those guys eventually hit a point where pitchers have a really steep decline. Like It's like they lose it like right away unless they reinvent themselves, which neither one of those guys do. So, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And I feel like another point with fantasy that we were talking about pitching-wise is – you got to hit on the top end guys, yes, for sure. But you got to find a stud later in the draft too. You got to find that guy that's low owned, maybe a you know a number four or five pitcher on a team that ends up being one of your two, three best pitchers. That, that's how you win leagues. Ah, uh, that's a great point. A great point. And the other great point you brought up was the innings. Uh, you know, because again, Max Scherzer is a guy who's two hundred plus innings every single year, and two hundred innings is the equivalent in baseball to the three hundred touches for a running back. So you always have to be careful. You know, we always uh, it brings back the Marco Mary syndrome, right? We talk about that in football. You know, he gets that three hundred k the next year. Oh, he you know he takes a crap. 
Well, in baseball, it's not necessarily 200 innings, you know, from last year. It's 200 innings consistently. You have to be careful of that. Always look at that number when you're doing your lineups. But you, Jason, bring a good point. Guys at the low end, those fourth and fifth starters. And, and you know, it brings up a good point because, you know, the Phillies, you know, I know that, you know, we're, me and Dan are in Philadelphia, but the Phillies could be that team. And, and the reason why I say that is you could, you never know you could find a third starter in your team. Because, listen, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't think Zach Wheeler is going to be drafted in those first couple rounds. So, Zach Wheeler had a really decent year last year on on not a really good team. So, I I think he's even going to be better this year. So, I think he's a guy that's very undervalued and a guy that could easily be your number three starter and give you – 13 to 15 wins. That's a lot. You know, there's not many 20 game winners anymore in Major League Baseball. So if you get guys, if you can have a lineup or four or five starters that give you double digit wins, you're already ahead of the game, man. 100%. That fifth guy could be an interchangeable part, a spot starter. If you get four guys with double digit wins, I think you're in. What do you think, Dan? No, that's a, that's a very good point. Um, and the Phillies are a tricky team. They, yep. they thank, thank God for us. You know, you know, you mentioned we're Philadelphia fans. You know, they essentially brought back the same starting eight, and now it's all about the pitching. But yeah. Noel is a given, Wheeler's a given, and it looks like Eflin, who could also be that type of guy you're referring to, yep. he he took the next step. He he finally became a very solid pitcher. Um, so your point is well taken. And the funny thing, the funny thing is, you talked about injuries earlier. I, I agree. I agree with you to some extent about Scherzer, but he's been a horse year after year. So is age thirty six going to be much different from age thirty five? And we have we just referenced Aaron Nola. He's twenty seven years old, but talk about a, a funky arm angle when he throws the ball. Mm. And and he pitched an entire year um, where he declined Tommy John surgery, went on the DL, came back, and somehow finished the year without having surgery, and then the following season. It never came up again. So I thought for sure he was destined for, you know, the DL long-term, maybe Tommy John missing a year. So there's that's a guy that scares me inevitably with having a uh, elbow problem. So it, it, you just never know with pitchers. And I'm um, the, the great giant pitcher that won multiple Cy Youngs, I'm drawing the blank. Lincecum. Kane and Lincecum, right? Tim. I mean, Tim Lincecum, Tim. Matt Kane when, were, were two studs yep. for years. And everyone was talking about it was just inevitable with his pitching um, style that he was going to get hurt. And his career ended early because he got hurt. He had a very unorthodox pitching style, and it finally bit him in the ass. Um, So Aranola concerns me for long-term health. I just – his pitching, he's all all armed. Slingshot style. Yeah, and and again, he, he hasn't been electric. Over the years, right? He really hasn't. He hasn't been like, you know, we we were expecting him number one starter. Remember, whenever he signed that four year deal, everybody's like, he signed a four year deal. He left a lot of money on the table. He really, well, yeah, that was odd that he, right, that he signed he, that he contract. He really hasn't been a number one starter either. Uh, we thought he he, he, would be. he he has he has like four game stretches where he's awesome, and then he has four game stretches where he's mediocre. But I I, I do I do like him, and and in knock on what he's been healthy. But he's just someone that gives me that gut feeling of DL. 
So let so let me ask you guys this. I, I kind of put you on the spot, and again, not not really on the spot, but you guys have a ton of knowledge, so this will be easy for you. Uh, I would just say, give me one guy because there's always the one guy that you're really set on coming up, to, especially in baseball for me. There's always that one guy who I say, man, you know, I think this dude's going to be an absolute stud. He was really good last year. He's even going to be better this year. He's a guy I'm targeting as my top two or top three in my draft. What You know, Jason, that guy, whether it be pitcher or bat, who for you is that coming up? For me, the first name that jumps out, Fernando Tatis Jr., he is a stud. And that team is, like you said, that San Diego team is yeah, loaded. Yeah, you stole my like, guy. They, they've done a great job building. And I know that's not, that's not really like an out-of-nowhere pick, but like right. I just feel nah, like he's going to keep getting better. I mean, he's he's good in so many categories. I mean, he's got speed. He's good defensively, which doesn't help you in fantasy, but he's good defensively. He, he hits for power. It's like that team, they're not only built to win, I feel like they're built the right way. Like, they their position players are all young and locked under contract, and now they're building their pitching staff. I feel like that's the way to build, and that team's going to be really exciting to watch for sure. I, I completely agree with you, one hundred percent. I I completely completely agree with you. I love there were so many highlights last year of Fernando Tatis. I mean, and and he's got that you know that kind of Gary Sheffield swag. Like I said, he doesn't, you know, because I, I loved he put so much power behind his swing, and I, and that's what I loved about Sheffield. Hey, oh, you know, he put so much power behind his swing when he hit them out, man. I, it, it was a, a human highlight film. No disrespect to Dominique Wilkins, but it really was. So Dan, <laughs> I know he say he stole your thunder with Fernando Tatis. I know there's another guy in your head for you. Who is that guy? Well, I go with a guy that was always a top three guy that had a. I had a drop off season and I think it's going to bounce back is Christian Yelich. I think yeah, he's going to, I think he's going to bounce back and be a stud again. And I also like to look at guys that had phenomenal postseasons that maybe build on that confidence wise. And I think Corey Seager is going to have um, a better year than him. most Ooh. people think. Um, That's a great he, name. he just, he, he fine. It's funny. He hit his potential, the star potential in the in the prime prime time lights and i just think he's it's going to boost his confidence towards this coming season so those are guys that are established that aren't um no namers but i like both those guys that's okay doesn't matter and that's the point it is guys that are either building on postseason success or building on you know their next line of patrol you know, depending on offseason moves or new coaches new new hitting coaches new teammates one guy for me is Juan Soto oh, I, I I just think this kid is I I did not expect him to be the way he is no 22 years old nothing bothers this kid nothing i could i can easely see him being one of, if not the top player in baseball but maybe the top three player in baseball this year and i think he, he to me that's the guy i'm targeting because again he's on a good team in washington you know he's in a good lineup in washington and again like i said he's the guy and he he shows his mentality is nothing face him. So I, I would love again three great guys that we just mentioned. Uh, I love Seager. Uh, Seager is another. I mean, if he didn't get injured, you know, he come back for the injury. But he for 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 uh, the Dodgers, he's been tremendous. He really has. And and like we said with San Diego, 
that team is going to be fun to watch this year. I will definitely – here's the best thing, yeah. Jason, I love about that. It's a West Coast team, which means I, I love the 10 o'clock, 10.30 baseball game. It's like one of my favorites. And yeah. now yeah. you watch a ton of San Diego Padre games. You know what's funny, like, too? You We, we kind of all named players – and, and the one thing they have in common, which isn't really like a, you know, attribute in terms of baseball, they all seem to have a ton of fun playing the game. Fernando Tatis does. Yes. Yep. He's, he's really animated. Soto's like that, too. I mean, the, there's a lot of guys that are like that. It's like they, they just seem to have a blast. Uh, another one is Francisco Lindor. He's like that, too. It's like they always have smiles on their faces. They're always laughing. They seem like they're having a great time playing the game. And then it turns out to be like Cabrera was like that. Miggy Cabrera was like that. Back yeah. in his prime too. It's like he's always smiling, laughing, joking around, and then he goes out there and mashes. It's like those guys kind of all seem to have that in common. Well, you know, Soto, oh, I'm sorry, Tom. No, go ahead, Dan. Talk I was going to say, going back to Soto, I often have this when whenever I have like the water cooler discussion on like who was great during this era, Hall of Fame, not Hall of Fame. I go immediately to the eye test. Yeah, he scares me at the plate. As a Phillies fan, I don't worry about. You can't get him out. He, you, you just can't get him out. When Mookie Betts bats, he's damn good. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like we can get him out. Juan Soto, you just feel like he's going to hit a home run every at bat. He's that scary, that good. And Acuna Junior is the same way. Yeah, so yep. I had I had seats. Um, uh, uh, my cousin got me seats right. I was on the dugout. I, I put my drink on the dugout. So I'm watching Acuna from like the greatest perspective. And um, I forgot who the Phillies were pitching, but the guy was throwing heat. And this, he's such fast hands, such a good ball player. Um, just such a natural, um, such a smooth swing and amazing power. Those two guys, I mean, you could have an argue, we could have a, probably an hour show on who who's the better ball player between Acuna and Soto, you know that they're that good. So baseball right. baseball is a good hand with young with young talent, scary young talent. Scary. We're talking guys that are 23, oh. 22 years old. And, and if they were the in, and if they were in the Phillies, they'd oh. be babying them in the minors. And, yeah, well. and that's that's the kind of team the Phillies are. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And Rich texts him. He says, without question, Soto passed the eye test. Flying colors, unbelievably good. And and another thing, Jason, you know that you, not only fun playing the game, and I know we don't get points for this in, in fantasy, but <laughs> defensively, these yeah. guys are ridiculous fielders. I mean, their arms, their glove, everything about them, uh, it, 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 it's good. Like Dan said. You know, you talk about 22, 23 years old. The, the the one good thing about this is this game is in good hands moving forward, depending no matter where it goes. At least we have this young talent uh, to watch. And speaking about young talent, uh, we're about an hour and three into this show. I want to keep this on an hour and 15, and we are banging right into that mark, which is great. Talk about Super Bowl, DFS. We'll have a little fun with this because, listen, I, no matter what, I'm putting a lineup in. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm in the DraftKings showdown. I got the $100,000 free ticket. I'm definitely joining it 100%. Uh, so let's just do it this way. I, I'm not going to expect to build a lineup. I just want to get your guys' opinions on a couple things. We talked last time on Heat Ratio Live about MVPs. So I want to parlay that into DFS plays. Undervalued guys. Doesn't even, We don't even have to give a value. I have the values up so I can let you guys know what they are. But guys, in your opinion, 
okay, that are going to be really good plays in your flex spots, you know, after, you know, because a lot of these are based on, you know, your, your crowns, your one and a half guys. But let's just talk about quarterbacks right off the bat. Let's just go Brady versus Mahomes, okay? So you have Mahomes uh, who, again, I know it's not fantasy, but the over and under for Mahomes is 325 yards. The over and under for Tom Brady is 299. Uh, the number for Mahomes in DraftKings is 12,000. The number for Brady is 10,000. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I love Patrick Mahomes. I think this is going to be a an, an inevitably high-scoring event, uh, but I'm not paying 12000 for Mahomes when I can get 10000 for Brady. Just my opinion. I think Brady is going to be neck-and-neck neck with Mahomes. I think Brady is going to show, guess what? I'm still here. I don't need Bill. Uh, you know, I'm not saying Tampa's going to win, but I would take the $2,000 drop and give it to Tom Brady as my quarterback. What do you think, Jason? Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I actually think, going out on a limb a little bit, I think Tampa Bay wins this game. So I saw their projections earlier today. I forget what side it was. I think it was pro football focus or something like that. They had, I think Mahomes was 26.5 points and Brady was 25.9 points. And like you said, $2,000 difference for not even a point, half a point. It's To me, it's I think – the way to differentiate yourself is to stack Tampa Bay, and I feel like that's what I'm going to try to do. You're going to have to hit on some – like you said, there's not that much difference, and everybody's going to play the same higher-end guys, the Kelsey's right. and the Hills and the you know Mike Evans and guys like that. You're going to have to find that random Scotty Miller type or even lower that hits that touchdown that's going to end up winning you some money. Yeah, no, you're you're 100% correct. That's exactly my thought process, uh, you know, because, again, you, like you said, you always go for the top guys. I picked Antonio Brown as being my dark horse, dark horse MVP of this game. He's a receiver at $6,200 that I think could really be a difference maker in your lineup. Uh, Dan, one of your guys, McCall Hardman. That's 50, what I was going to say. Right? Um, I, I, Jason and I were having a conversation. I, I'm in a pretty high – high-priced uh, fantasy football league, uh, playoff league that I do. And, it, and it's a suicide, weekly suicide league. So I, on one side of the ledger, I have no Tyree Kill. Uh, okay. and, and basically, and I have no Mike Evans, no Godwin. So I basically um, have, or maybe I have, I, I think I have Godwin as my only elite receiver. And then I have Antonio Brown or Nicole Hardman. And I'm leaning McCall Hardman as having the better game. Hey, listen, for again. And Jason, honestly, and I, I, I texted Jason for his advice on that, and I think you agreed with me. Yep, I did. So, oh, well, I, well, look they, at the numbers, right? I mean, Antonio Brown, 6,200. McCall Hardman, 5,600. Uh, but, but just for, you know, for prime production, I mean, I think you have to. I, I don't know what's going on with Sammy Watkins, if, if he's playing or not. Uh, but I think Harbin's really stepped up over the last couple of weeks. Right. And they use him in so many ways. Yep. Uh, jet sweep formations. Um, he's basically, he's, you know, he's Tyree Kill Jr. And they I was going to say that him. too. Yeah. yeah. He's so fast, just like Hill. I yeah. Mean, he's, it's, he's well, they drafted him to be Tyree Kill because Tyree Kill was supposed to be suspended for a year. And yep. were, I think we were all shocked that he didn't, he didn't get, he got a slap on the wrist. So now they yes. have, you know, so they wound up for that year with um, Hill, Hart, and, and another guy that totally irrelevant from the Super Bowl, maybe not, is I think one day Byron Pringle is going to be a value guy in this league. Oh, definitely. They, they have definitely. so much. They, uh, they just have so much talent. It's insane. And there's a there's a guy out of the blue that could get a touchdown 
and, and, and it wouldn't shock me. Well, here's a I'll give you guys a very interesting thing here that I noticed when I was looking through this now. And I get it. You know, we talked last night about uh, one of the guys for the game, Leonard Fournette, uh, maybe really exerting himself a, a, as that guy. He's gotten all the mainly all the touches in the playoffs. But Ronald Jones is only a twenty two hundred. Uh, I mean, honestly, listen, I, I get it. If you look at his last two games, he really hasn't done much. But in the Super Bowl, all, all, all things are on the table. All cards are being dealt. And if I'll tell you what, for 2200 you know, you throw like a flyer on Ronald Jones and you hit on all your big money guys, you could really do some damage, I, honestly. Because I, I'll tell you what, I, in a high-scoring game, I can see Ronald Jones at least getting a touchdown. And, and for 2200 they get 10 points from a guy. That's that's tremendous. I, I can't believe he's 2200 I, I really can't. Well, get, what do you think, Jason? And he gets if he gets two touchdowns. You said <coughs> a touchdown. If he gets two touchdowns, he breaks the slate. So Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I don't hate that. I play him every week, and it's, it's burned me pretty much every week. Yeah. But I just like the guy for some reason, so I'll probably play him. <laughs> But for twenty two hundred, I just can't. You, you, ha- you have to because now you can build other players around that uh, that kind of value. Yep, uh, that's what Andre says. You know, imagine if you have low risk, you have, big reward, right? You you have him and Hardman, and then look what look who else you could stack in that lineup. Well, yeah, I mean, and, and that's the thing. So if you put Hardman in your lineup, right? I, I, I'm going to do it right now as, as as we're sitting here, and this this is how much money you would have left. I mean, you, you just hey Dan, here you go. Here's what Byron Pringle, eighteen hundred dollars. Just so you know, so he's another guy that, that yeah. could really be a value. Yeah, I mean, listen, I just hyped him up, but uh, let's see let's see what we got before we put Byron in the lineup. So so right so right now, <laughs> so you put say, let, let's say you know. For all intents and purposes, I see if you guys agree with me. Let's pick a let let let's pick a captain. We got about five minutes left, so let let let's do one of these fun lines where you get a a point and a half time, you know, one point five times point total, right? So, who would you pick as that guy? We are we going quarterback, or you know, would you go with the inevitable Travis Kelsey? What do you think? Right now, I can tell you right now, Travis Kelsey would cost you sixteen five. Tom Brady would be fifteen thousand. Tyreek Hill would be fifteen six. Uh, Patrick Mahomes eighteen thousand. Oh, Give that's, me Brady. that's a big Brady number. Yeah, I think you have to go quarterback, but you know Kelsey's going to get eleven and one fifty. <laughs> you just know, you know. know that's what you know. But let's for 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 budget values, we'll put Brady in there at fifteen grand. Okay, then we'll put Hardman. And we'll put Ronald Jones and let's put Ty, let's put uh, Travis Kelsey in there at eleven thousand. So right now, hypothetically, okay, and, and just I ask you guys, Mike Evans or Chris Godwin? Evans. Yeah, I go Evans. What do you yeah, think? Evans. Yeah, All Evans right. for me oh. too. So let's start. I, th- I, th- I think Godwin gets more catches, but Ev- uh, Evans is going to get the TDs. Touchdowns. Yeah. So right now. Okay, the way it stands, if we put Brady in as our captain at fifteen grand, we have Brady, Kelsey, Evans, throw Ronald Jones and McCall Harbin just for the heck of it to see what happens. We have seventy eight hundred dollars left. That's a that's a really good lineup. Seventy eight hundred dollars. Uh, you know, I I guess would get you Fournette. Now, if you didn't like Hardman, right? Just hypothetically, you take Harbin out. You could put Chris Godwin in. If you're like, you could put Tyree Kill in, okay, at 10 4, 
and that still gives you three grand left. Okay, which I think is a tremendous, tremendous value. And, and let me guess, Scotty Miller's available. Oh, I'll, here we go. I, I'm gonna tell you what <laughs> I'm thinking here, guys. I'm putting in Gronk at three grand. Now, Ooh, I like that. Yeah, yeah, uh, right. He's, so he, he's been invisible for four weeks, though. Yeah, but this, and, and again, but this it, is his time, right? Right. I was gonna say it's his time, and this plays right into what. Jason was saying, this is a Tampa Bay stack, what we just did. And, and yeah. we just did this on a fly. So you look at our lineup. It's Tom Brady, Tyree Kill. Then we have another buck in Ronald Jones, another buck in Mike Evans, another buck in Gronk. And then we have Travis Kelsey. Uh, and we have zero money left. I think that's a really good line. And again, and, and here's the thing to everybody out there. You can play around with this. Like, 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 look what just happened. We had McCall Harmon in there. We basically took McCall Harmon out and made him into Tyree Kill and Rob Gronkowski. That's the way we were able to formulate the lineup. If you think. It's now, crazy. Out of curiosity, though, if we left Hardman in, you said Fournette would have taken yes. the spot? Yes. So the best player we could have gotten would have been Fournette. So... Fournette, Hardman, and Hill, Gronk. I go Hill, Gronk all day of the week over this. Yes. How about you too, Jason? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so that that's why you tinker. That's that's perfect. Yeah, it's yeah. exactly why. I, I, I'll tell you what. I'm playing this lineup. 100% I'm playing this lineup. I like this lineup a lot. Um, This is a this is a good lineup. Post it on Twitter. What, what's that? We'll post it on Twitter. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, this is what we do. And again, if you hit, let us know. Uh, Andre checking in. Said, wouldn't be surprised if this Super Bowl is won by someone that's not on the radar, like a Butler in the Seahawks and Patriots Super Bowl. So low cost players are way more valuable than we think. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yep. What's Daryl Williams' value? Out of curiosity, who's that? Daryl Williams. What's his? Daryl Williams is fifty two hundred. So that's a that, so again, I know Dan, you like him, so that could be a decent value too. One hundred percent. All I know is there's going to be a lot of points scored. Hopefully, everybody gets prime time production. But we are at one hour fifteen. We did it again. I love it. Uh, been a tremendous show, guys. It's great to be back on the horse and miss this the last couple of weeks. Needed this outlet. It's been wonderful. Uh, again, follows the heat ratio sports. Follow Jason. Uh, you know, with fairway to heaven. All about the birds. Follow Dan. Flyer and ice. Uh, again, we have so much stuff going on on the network. Uh, we just did book another show. They'll be coming out in the next couple of days. Uh, you know, so now we're getting to the point where, fellas, we're getting two shows per day, uh, which uh, I'll tell you what, man, this is fantastic. So, again, at Heat Ratio Sports on all digital formats, check us out. Subscribe if you're listening on YouTube. And like I always say, stay safe, stay healthy, and we will catch you next week.